Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. Every day, our show features local Christian, Christ following business people and authors and ministries that really are making an impact on allowing Christ to impact their workplace. You know, I never sidestep the issues. And here's an issue for today. And we're going to call this a little gym jaunt, if I could. Uh, and, and give credit where credit's due. My buddy Mike Miracle said that that's what I should call this. Everybody out there listening, we've all been conned. The largest con out there in the world. We've all been conned. Here's where we've been conned. We've been conned into thinking that we don't have a right to share our faith in the workplace. It's a big pile of bunk. We've been conned. Everybody out there in the world says, you can't, you know, separation of church and state. Oh my goodness, do some research and understand what Thomas Jefferson meant by that. But it's way bigger than that. We've been conned. You're a Christ follower. And if you're a Christ follower, everything about you should be changing. And it's impossible to bottle up the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And you go to work. You know how hard you have to work to silence and to not share with people how incredible God has been in your life and the impact he's made on your life through Jesus? We've got to just let's let's tell everybody about this con. There's no movie about this con. There's been movie about all kind of other cons, but not the biggest con. The enemy has conned you and me and me for years in thinking, well, I got my church life and I got my work life. That's a lie. 
It's a total bold-faced lie. And the enemy relishes in it every day. Let's bind the enemy up and throw him out of here. We don't need him anyway. And to recognize that Jesus Christ died for you, died for me, and because he's touched my life, everything about me is changing. And to put aside the lie of the con and to recognize that I have a right to share everything that Jesus has done in my life. No, I don't have the right to beat people over the head with the Bible, but that's not really successful evangelism anyway. But people out there are hurting. You've got neighbors, friends, families, they're hurting. They live with no hope. They're devastated by life. Maybe there's economic devastation in their lives too. They need to know that God's got their back, that God loves them, that the God of the universe that created a universe that's 7 billion light years one direction and 7 billion light years another direction. And we don't even know how many miles that really is because there's not enough zeros in the planet for that. That God loves your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, your employees. They need to hear the truth. Break that lie open today. On your way home, break it open. Decide that you're no longer going to believe the con game that we've all been given, that we can't share what Christ has done in our lives. People, I'm telling you right now, the people you're sitting next to, the people that you work next to, they need to hear the truth. I can tell you this unequivocally. Since I was inspired to start praying with people, not praying for people, because I've been doing that for a decade, but starting to pray with people, inspired by Saul Pitchon at New Life Solutions. He never stopped, ends a conversation without praying for somebody. Charlie Martin, my pastor, former pastor of First Baptist Indian Rocks, never ends a conversation without praying with people. So I started praying with people, and I'd say, can I pray for you? Or can I pray with you right now? I always say, can I pray for you? And they always say, yes. And then I say, can I pray with you right now? Not one time, ever. Ever, ever. Politicians, doctors, rich people, poor people, everybody says yes. The great con out there has told you people don't want to hear about Jesus. That's a big, fat lie. And yeah, I'm soapboxing today, but I got to tell you, I'm just irritated. I'm irritated that our churches don't tell us that we're living the con. Break down those doors. Break open that con and recognize that what you've got, everybody else needs. And we, every day... We bring it to our workplace. Shame on you and me that we don't let it just just explode. No shame. There's no shame in Christ. But I'm just saying, let's open up our eyes and recognize that Bob and Jane and Mary and Ethel and those people don't name their kids anymore. But, you know, those people, they desperately need to hear about Jesus. All right, we've got a very special guest. We have with us today, Eli Gonzalez, the Ghost Rider. Eli just got done speaking at the Christian Chamber of Commerce Tampa Bay at our monthly meeting that we have. You can find out more about the Christian Chamber at c3tb.org. That's c3tb.org. Eli, welcome back to I Work For Him. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to see you, Jim, and talk to you. Yeah, I'm you sorry. Know. I'm sorry that you showed up at the wrong radio station. So I apologize. <laughs> I, I should have driven. Give me a map or something. But yeah, it was you good. know, no, no, it was it wasn't your fault. I just didn't expect you to grow. I grow. You know, you know. I just didn't think that you were one of these people that are actually moving up somewhere. And uh, no, no. But congratulations. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I had been on on your show before and had a lot. We had a lot of fun together. Uh, so I'm. Just, I was just sitting there at Panera, 
just like a relaxing. Oh, I got time. It's right down the street. And then, of course, I show up to the wrong place. <laughs> I imagine yeah. the look on their eyes was even funnier, <laughs> but that's that's okay. I, I like that part. All right, so before we get into the discussion, because you, you spent a, a, the time today talking about encouraging people to write their story. And, and you really get you had some great one-liners that I wrote down that I'm absolutely going to use. They're going to quote. I'm going to use them forever, but I'm going to quote you on them today. <laughs> but first, just talk to me about how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Well, you know, when you when when you live a Christ-centered life, it, it it doesn't mean that you're perfect, you know. But Amen it means to that, that. It, it, it means that every day, you know, you wake up and and, and you and you try to try to live up to to the grace and and that kind of use it all although there's an overabundance of it. Uh, so so to say, how is he making a difference in my life today? Um, it's it's just you know it starts off with and and it sounds maybe uh, like like rhetoric or like like people have said this over and over again, but with just a gratefulness to, to be up and a, and a gratefulness to feel his presence and to do something for the kingdom that day, you know. And uh, with what I do, writing books and and telling stories for people, uh, the, the 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 ones we like to write the most are are these Christian books, you know, uh, powerful powerful stories. And uh, and 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 I just uh, you know hope and pray that. That that through the gift God gave us, uh, me and my my writers, you know, we're able to 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 make a difference in other people's lives. You know, as we were talking, uh, as I was talking before you got into the studio, just talk about the the great con game that's out there, and how Christ followers have been conned into not bringing their faith into work. And you mentioned that today. Uh, and so I, I just did, a, as I called it, a Jim John. We probably just call it called a Jim rant, but I got him on my soapbox because I'm tired of people believing the con game. You said today, yet through our silence, we take God out of our workplace. Because, but it went, that was part of what you had said is, hey, people complain that we took God out of schools. What do we expect? Yeah, absolutely. That that's the precursor. I mean, I've said it. I don't know if you've said it, but when we see these shootings and we hear about bullying and what's going on with our schools today, you know, maybe some of us older guys. Uh, you know, uh, but we say, well, speak that, for yourself. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any older guys. <laughs> well, I think I heard you say this, but uh, <laughs> no. But you know that, that there's this thing. Well, that's what that that's what happens when you take God out of schools, and and it's they, it's they, they took God out of school, and now they're reaping what they're sowing, and and and, and we 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 like to sometimes put the onus on what they did, and what we don't realize is that it is us. We are taking God out of the workplace through our silence. Right. And the government workers, the people that are in the schools, the Christ followers that are in the schools, and there's a lot of fantastic educators that are principals and vice principals and teachers and guidance counselors and all those people, they have all of the rights afforded by the Constitution of the United States of America to share their faith. Now, they can't proselytize in the classroom, but they can live their faith out wild in the class or in, in the educational program, but they choose to just be silenced. And, and I know there's some also there's some great teachers out there that are not, but we have rights to be able to share our faith wherever we are. People cannot silence us. They will silence us because as I as I, I heard a great sermon on Sunday, I, I went to Abundant Life. I never I always wanted to go to Abundant Life Church and Anthony McDaniel's the pastor there. And he was talking about describing the 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 spread of Islam around the around the world. Mm. And I never ever thought about the fact that it's just like the Borg. The Borg, you know, a Star Trek guy. Uh, I yeah, get a black, yeah. you get, okay. The Borg, <laughs> the, the, the Borg, when they would take over a world on Star Trek, listen, I'm a Star Trek junkie. It's okay. They they would say resistance is futile. It's you will futile. be assimilated. And that's the way the spread of Islam has been. They scare the crap out of people. Hey, you either commit to Islam or I'm going to chop your head off. Okay. Well, Christians have been guilty of the same things. The Crusades were a lot about that, but that's not how Jesus did it. Right. 
But we keep believing this con game that politically correct, we don't want to insult anyone. But you know what? Everybody needs to hear the truth about Jesus. Enough of this politically correct crap. And our president and the Congress, they are so good at this. Mm-hmm. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, and and you know what it is? It's I mean we we put the we put the muzzle on ourselves. We think how they're going to react instead of finding out how they're going to react. Right. Because we assume that that they're going to react a certain way. We stay silent. You know. Um. You know. Wh- whatever topic comes up. You know. And, and that's what I was speaking today. You know. H- how do you tell your story in in, in the corporate story and your testimony? But when you let people in only a half a, half an inch deep, you know, I mean, we, we come out as flat as the screens that people watch TV on. Well, and that's part of the problem. They're watching too much TV. You know, but what, <laughs> I, what I tell people, people say, hey, Jim, did you did you catch the football game on Saturday? I'm like, no. What about Sunday? Did you watch the Bucks? I'm like, no. How about the baseball or whatever? And I'm like, no. I don't watch sports anymore because then a guy can't come up to me and have a conversation with me about sports or the weather. The weather in Florida is the same every stinking day anyway, so there's no weather to talk about. Every once in a while, you got a hurricane. But if you eliminate the conversations guy to guy on sports, all of a sudden I, I can go, hey, Eli, how's your marriage? Because I, I, that's what I really want to know. I right. want to go deep. I want to deep. In five minutes, I want to know how is a guy holding out. That's what I want to know. I want to know where is it at. And, folks, this is not an act that Jim is saying. I actually <laughs> met Jim years ago. I'm going to say the story. Years okay. ago All right. uh, from an interview. So uh, so I interviewed at a company that Jim was working in. And uh, within three minutes, you know, uh, I think I mentioned uh, you know, my faith. And I think Jim asked, like, well, where do you where do you get your your uh, your compass, your moral compass, something like that? So 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 it's an interview. So I say, I, you know, I, I, my question is, what's your view of life? OK, I mentioned my faith and this is a phone interview. So Jim really digs deep now. Now, mind you, I'm in an interview. And, and all of a sudden, he's asking me, what's my favorite passage and why? What book of the Bible do I enjoy reading? What have I reread? And, all, and I'm like, and this was for a technical company, and I'm, ta- I'm looking at the phone, and I'm like, who is this guy? <laughs> so when he says that he wants to talk to you, he's not saying this for show on the radio. This is who Jim is. <laughs> yeah, and people, have to, people that know me up front, they know that who I am on the radio is exactly who I am. There are many of you that are going to listen to this. You're never, ever going to see my face, or maybe you'll see it on Facebook, but it doesn't matter. I I know I lived an absolutely pathetic Christ-following life in my early years of my walk, and that I and I, and I tried to do a lot of good things, but it was pathetic. And I know my work life I absolutely separated because of guys that were mentoring me <laughs> separated my work life from my faith. And I'm trying to make up for those years, which is why I talk fast because we got a lot of years to make up with. Listen, it it, wait, 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 wait. I want to know, and, and so why didn't I get that job? What happened there? Because you I gave told a great interview. You did. But you were you were a you were not being a technical guy because I was right, right? Because you, I was right. You were right. Thank I you was so right. much. Thank because you so much. Because if I had gotten you that job, you've been fixing computers instead of writing books for Jesus. I mean, really. You know what? You know what? I I, I need to pay more homage to you. Thank you for for firing me before being able to get fired and and, and forcing me to do something else. Well, it just you're, you're you were passionate about Christ. You were passionate about preaching. You were passionate about singing. And I'm like, why are you in the technical world? That was not where you should be. All right, we're talking today with Eli Gonzalez, the ghost the rider. Ghost rider. That's right. I have the patented way I say that. Nobody else says it, but nobody says it like you, Jim. Nobody says it. Eli Gonzalez, the ghost rider. <laughs> People may go, Eli, what the heck is a ghost rider? We just had a conversation off the air. Let's have that conversation on the air. As a ghost rider, are, are you writing scary stories? Uh no, no, we haven't yet, but we probably will. Well, but, some uh, true story. Would you write your story? <laughs> 
Yeah, no, but what, what a ghostwriter basically is, is 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 someone that has an idea for for a novel or or, or, or a business book or or their testimony, whatever it is, and and they realize that they may not have the time to write it, and even if they had the time, they probably don't have the expertise to capture that the emotions that they went through uh, effectively on paper so that it resonates with the reader. Uh, so or, or if it's a business book, you know, to take their expertise in a way. That, uh, that, that comes across that they're teaching and they're approachable. So, so what they do is they look for people like, like me and my company, uh, and we are ghostwriters, and, and, and basically you know, they contract us to write their stories for them. And so what we do is, uh, is, is we slow the process down, we interview them uh, a chapter a week, because we, we need to make sure that we capture the author's essence. You know, although we actually do the, do, do the writing, it's their book, it's their content. So, so, so we do uh, uh, um, interviews uh, once per chapter, and uh, and and uh, and uh, you know we produce the book out, and then the ghost part is that then it's their name on the book, they get the royalties, they get any recognition, and we just fly away as if we were never there. But you, you, but you said you were asked once a question on. Listen, isn't that really just like anti-Christian oh, to yeah. say to say that you wrote the book, but I put my name on it? Yeah, so 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 one of my very combative friends, you know, he he, he you tra- have combative friends too. I thought I just had a combative friends. <laughs> you know, he wanted to corner me with this whole Christian thing, Eli, and he says, you know, isn't it hypocritical that that that, that a Christian would hire you to write their story and then they put their name on it? How how can you do that? Aren't you a Christian? Aren't you being a hypocrite? And and it, it, I wasn't ready for it, and 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 I forget the answer I gave him, but about a few days later. You know, because it stirred in me, stood in me, and I called him up, and I said, "Hey, listen, I wanna, I wanna redo on that question. You know, <laughs> you ambushed me. Let me tell you how it goes. It is not hypocritical at all. If somebody were to write a song that somebody else sang, it's still that writer's, that author's song. What I do is I sing people's songs. What I do is it's still the author's content. It's still their story. It's still what what they went through." I'm I'm almost just like the, the the literary midwife just just passing it to another channel. Oh gosh, why did I say that? That to you? was that was really a vivid image. Oh boy, you but, know, but 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 yeah, and and uh, and uh, you know, it, it kind of shut him up for a while, and and, and that you know, and th- that's the truth. That's the truth of it. It, it. It's fun to know that there are guys like you out there that can help people write good books because I've read a lot of really rotten books. And you read a lot of books. I read a lot of books, fifty or sixty of them a year, and mm, sometimes I get lucky and I'll get two or three in a row that are really, really good. But most of the time, it's one out of five, and you're like. Why didn't you just have somebody help you? Just edit it. <laughs> just edit the book. When I find yes. spell when I find spelling errors. Now I get I have a lot of mtlmagazine.com supplies me a lot of advanced reader copies. Mm. And so those you can't criticize the because they haven't been finally edited, but you're still going, "Wait a minute. Really yeah. really why did you but the but because of some organizations out there, a lot of people can write, anybody can write a book today. No, oh, yeah, you, and you, I can you, write a book. But you nobody can write a book and self-publish it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And and the, the thing is, the, the thing about some of these books that are coming out now, and and if you have in your heart to write a book, by all means, give it a shot. Try to write that book. Uh, and and, and uh, during the course of this this time, I'll give you some some tips on how to do it. Um, but but the the problem that. That, that some people have is they they take that 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 book and that manuscript as their baby and they don't want to show it to anyone yet 
and the person that they do show it to are their mom or their dad or somebody who's going to say, oh, this is great. And, and what happens is when this baby, this ugly, deformed baby actually hits the market, people are like, oh, my God. You know, and, and you know, this is the thing. If God is, is telling you to write a book, if, if God is, is, is pressing upon your heart to get your story out in written form, and if you were writing it, do it justice. Well, Let other people see it and be open and available for critique. It should be done with excellence because that's how where our Heavenly Father is. Absolutely. Excellence. Absolutely. And, and that's something that people, one of the, we were talking off the air just about people and really what you talked about today at the Christian Chamber of Commerce, which we have once a month meetings, the third Wednesday of every month. Find out more online at c3tb.org, c3tb.org. Mm-hmm. When you look at how people are given we, we all have a testimony and the right. most important thing for us I, I i talk to my parents all the time it's like would you just write your story down and, and, <laughs> and you know would you record it do something uh and i want to do that same thing for my children my grandchildren that they, i want them to know i want them to know where christ grabbed me from and where i am today and what's happened along the way I want people to hear that. I don't know that right. it's a, it's not a, it's not something I'm going to publish. Yeah. I think we publish anything. Martha and I are struggling to find great marriage devotion material mm. for people that don't have kids at home. Oh yeah. So we've been challenged to write one of those. I don't know if that happens either, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I thought I always wanted to write the uncle Johnny's bathroom readers version of I work for him. You know, cause just take every one of the shows and have 365 days to just, Hey, here's, there's a 30 second blip on what that show was about. I, I don't, I don't know, but not a lot with some funny quip in there. I, I have no idea. All right. So let's talk about you because God laid this on your heart. And it really, when you look at, we met about four years ago, mm-hmm. you were applying for that job. That's how we first met that you didn't, that I didn't give me. you because right. it wasn't for you yeah, because whatever. you were supposed to be an author. Okay. So you said today. You've helped author and write 25 books. Well, actually, yeah, that, that's actually a little old. I've, I've now, it's 32. Okay, 32 and, books. And, and, and now, uh, you know, humbly, I will say that uh, I, that I can say I am a best-selling ghostwriter. Some of these are, are, have been, uh, are, are bestsellers. I had written, bo- I had written ghost, uh, bestsellers before. But I didn't have written authorization to say that I worked on those books. That's part of the gig of being a ghostwriter. Yeah, you got to be quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, so when I, I was the senior ghostwriter for Zulon Press, you know, one of the largest, it's Salem, right? Uh, you know, one of the largest Christian self-publishing companies in the country. I was their senior ghostwriter, and I taught new writers the nuances of ghostwriting. So I worked on some some big projects for some ministry leaders that are pretty well known. But I can't say that I did, and I won't say that I did. That are bestsellers, but now I can say now from some of the books that we just released that have hit the bestseller mark. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's that's awesome. Fun. But you, so, you know how so hard if I hired you as a technician, <laughs> for, you'd been you wouldn't <laughs> written thirty two books, and that's my fault somehow. Okay, all right. So God gave you this ability to write. I mean, you you've been a pastor, you've been a music leader, ministry leader at your church. You're bilingual, which is really cool. Have you written any books in Spanish yet? No, but I, I do have a a Spanish writer. Okay. We're working on we're working on uh, on one book now. We've translated one, and we're working on another one now. But but uh, no, so you're gonna I, produce I don't, it bilingually. I don't, uh, well, it's gonna be produced in Spanish. Uh, that that's his market, and uh, you know, um, I don't write well enough in Spanish. I can barely write well enough in English. <laughs> <laughs> I got that issue as well. All right, so talk to me about one of the. We're running out of time in this segment. Talk to me about one of the the best parts about helping people write their story. What's what's the most rewarding part of this? 
You know, I um, I, I once sent a uh, in a uh, 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 the, the first chapter to a client, and they wrote right back. They wrote back to me as soon as they read it, and they, you know, oh my God, Eli, I love it. This is great, and it wasn't enough. And then uh, the next day, they got the next morning. The guy called me to tell me again, and then uh, he sent me like an email, another email, and just the gratitude because there's some people, Jim. This is how we believe. There are millions of people that are not here anymore that have been buried with their story. Right. You know, so when we get to help people say those stories and when we see those books move and impact people's lives, like in the instruction today, you know, through some of the books that we've written, uh, people have lost weight. People have gone back to college. People have been saved to know that we had a hand in that. I mean, that that's, that is rewarding. That That is, we are doing kingdom work. And, and the, the, you know, when, when people say, wow, this book moved me, this book touched me, you know, that's a, that's awesome. That, that's a, we, we love it. To be a part of that is something really cool. And that's, and that's really what you bring to people. You bring to people just the everyday average Joe, the ability to write a book, but they don't have to be that great of a writer. They just got to be able to tell their story. Absolutely. Do you record that? Is that a digital recorded thing? And then you start writing it down? Is that what you do? Uh, no, no, no. It's live interview. They talk and I type. I type like a machine, like a Borg. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Eli, as you're helping people write your their story, mm-hmm. writing my story, writing their story, how do you get them started? You had some questions that you that you uh, uh, wrote out that you start the conversation going with. What, what were some of those questions that you had? Like yeah, well, well, er- earlier today, you know, uh, I was talking, uh, you know, uh, the, the 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 Christian uh, Chamber, you know, is 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 a, a group of uh, of, of uh, Christ centered business folks. So, so the beginning of my talk was really how to tell your corporate story. So, so I had some interview questions. You know, we wouldn't be uh, very good ghostwriters if we weren't good if we weren't good interviewers. You know, so 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 I was asking, you know, how did you get started? Who was that person that believed in you? Who was that person that didn't believe in you? You know, and and if you are in business, but but you, you know, those are the, those are the questions you ask yourself, and you get real. When did you almost close your doors? You know, we, 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 we try to portray this image that we're always successful and that we're always happy and then life is great, but people don't really connect with that. We connect with people like us that have up and ups and downs. So if you are bold enough to share that about your business, then, then, then that's how you, you, people can connect with your brand. You know, when you write a story of, of, of your life, that's a totally different story. You know? it, it is, but it's amazing how many people are much more willing to share about their success or failures in business. Yes. Instead, and, and stuff that doesn't matter. Nothing. That, I mean, what we do in business, none of what we do in business matters, but the lives we impact in business matter. And we focus on the stuff instead of the people. And that's something I talk to, to business owners about all the time. Hey, mm-hmm. your biggest asset's your people. Stop worrying about the everything around them start investing in your people because if you invest in your people and they know that they're loved they'll give you anything so right. you you can help people write their corporate story and and, and people are really pretty pretty easily coaxed into doing that but we want to take it deeper yes yeah um you know and, and so 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 let me give a tip out there for the listeners okay. if you free tip number one if you are going to write a book do yourself a favor and don't start writing chapter one you know, the statistics, the odds are against you. They say that um, out of all the people that start to write a book, start a manuscript, only a 3% actually finish. 
And, and, and that, that is not only 3% of the people in the world. 3% of the t people that actually sit down to start writing a book, only 3% finish. From there, only 20% actually publish. So so, so for, the first hurdle is getting that done. The problem is that most people say, I'm going to write a book, and they start writing a book. Here's the tip. Are you ready? Do the outline. I do not believe in writer's block. I believe that people are unprepared or they write themselves into a corner. Now, if you do an outline. <laughs> I've read some of those books. <laughs> right? If you write an outline of what you want to say, and then you have bullet points for each, and bullet points are important because because you don't, you don't want to write a book that, that just goes on and on and on. So you want to have four, at least four bullet points in each chapter because you want to write concisely and you want your story to move on. The people that just have one bullet point for a chapter, those chapters, those books tend to be pretty boring because they're just belaboring the point. They want to have a, a book that's thick enough, you know, but you know what? Right. Say it in two or three chapters, make your point and move on to the next bullet point. Yeah, I, I run into that all the time where I'll read a book and the point is made in the first two pages of the chapter and then they write 20 more pages. Oh, and I'm like, seriously? Yeah. You, you read three pages and then you flip through to see how many pages are left. You know, and, 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 and here's another tip. Tip number two. Can I give away tip number two? Well, let's see. Tip number one was don't start. You have to start with an outline. One, right. Start, start with an outline. With an outline okay. And it has to have bullet points in each. All right. Right. So it's obviously something you know you won't have writer's block. If, if you are if you get a little stuck on something, go to, you, and you don't have to write it sequentially. Go to, go to something that, uh, that you feel like. All right. Writing. Number one. Start that with an outline. One. Write bullet points. Number two. He's trying to figure out which ones he can give away without charging you. Jeez. They're, they're all so good. <laughs> um, just pick one it's okay pick one we're on the air Eli you can't yes. think while we're on the air okay. I, number two is write with passion ooh write with passion okay so number one was start out with an outline with bullet points write with passion what else what, now, if now, people now are listen, really writing that, that's really weird because somebody can, somebody can be crying their eyes out while they're writing something and then somebody else can read it and they don't and their heart doesn't doesn't skip a beat Writing with passion is an art. It has to be done intentionally. You have to find the emotion that you want the reader to read, find the synonyms of those emotions, and pepper it throughout that manuscript. That's writing with passion. Writing because you're crying is not writing with passion. The reader ain't going to get that. But there's an excess. Sometimes I read books where people use so many color words, they, they've described the situation, and they get a whole paragraph, and you're like, I sat under a tree. I mean, that was really, but they, the breeze was blowing and the sky was blue and <laughs> the birds were flying by and the, the leaves were just budding out and they were a bright light green. Yes, and, yes, yes. You know, like they go on and on and on. Like, and I sat on a bench. I mean, seriously, people, just write the book. Yeah. I mean, if, you you're not writing a, if you're not writing a sci fi or fantasy book, you don't have to spend that much time <clears throat> on the settings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen it. I've seen it. I didn't mean to go to British accent, but I'm not really sure what accent that was. But uh, okay, so start an outline with bullet points. Yes. Write with passion. And number three, number three is when you're done writing, be done. When you're done writing, be done. When 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 the motivation stops, when the inspiration stops, don't force it. And and here's the thing, we all write and write a book. That people, no, oh, okay. that people say, wow, I couldn't put it down. And here's, here, here's yes, a bonus. Here, here's, exactly. here's the bonus one. Here's the bonus one. Wait a minute. You have a bonus? Uh, here's the bonus. I, I'm all about giving today. Okay. All right. The here's the bonus. bonus tip. Don't make your chapters too long. Okay. I'd rather read a book of short chapters of 25 chapters than a book of eight chapters. And they're so long because what was going to happen is if I'm reading your book 
and then I get to a new chapter and I have 10 minutes left, I'm going to flip to see if I have enough time to read that chapter. Right. If there's 20 pages, I don't have time. I'm going to put the book down. If it's five to seven pages, I'm going to say, hey, you know what? I have time to read this. Now, the journey, what I experienced reading that book is I couldn't put it down. Right. And it's not so much the content, but it's the way it was designed. Uh, and I read books like that. And you're like, wow. I mean, I could sit down one afternoon. I'll read a book, four hours. I mean, I mean, business book, not just fiction. I mean, I love reading fiction books. Those are my, that's my extra special gift. I read five serious books and I read a fiction book just to reward myself because <laughs> I have to read serious books all the time. All right. So number one was start with an outline that has multiple bullet points. Number two, write with passion, but not ridiculous passion. Uh, to uh, number three. When the inspiration hit stops. Oh, stop right. When no you're one done to writing, stop. be done. Yeah, no, no, no one's no, no one your starts to write junk. Stop. Well, and what I I talked to some, I talked to a lot of authors on the show, and, and they, they they'll they'll just schedule an hour a day to write. Just don't plan to sit down for eight hours to to write because you'll just kill yourself. I mean, it just drains the living daylights out of you. So when you're done right. writing, be done and keep short chapters. I love books that are ninety nine pages. They got somebody's. They get, yeah. they get to a point, 99 pages, go. Well, you know, the sweet selling spot, the sweet spot for books that are selling now are books that are about 120 to 140 pages. These are the books that the business uh, the, the, the business traveler can find and pick up and say, yeah, I could read that in this flight. Right. So 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 it, it, anything more than that, anything more than 40, 45,000 words, you know, make sure that, that, that you're moving, that, that you have enough topics in there to keep it informative. All right. So how does this impact the kingdom? Because I, I think I know where you're going with this, but when we... You've got the ability to help people write what God's put on their heart in, a, in an era where when we were kids, this wasn't possible. I mean, the old people got to write books where people, they, they sent in a manuscript and they got discovered. Today, anybody can write a book and have it in PDF form. They don't yeah. even have to print it. Yeah, it's like God just said, listen, I got plenty of pastors out there with microphones. For you other people, write a book. That's your microphone. Your story, I can put it in, a, you can now put it in a way that can transcend your region, your town, that can hit a national level. You can write a book today that somebody in Afghanistan can download and read. You can write a book today that three years from now, somebody that needs to hear that word will pick it up and find it and read it. You know, a lot of people think that they are not in ministry. Ah, uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm Christian, but I'm not in ministry. But we all know that that's a lie. That that's part is of the a con. lie. That Every is, yeah. one of us is in ministry. <laughs> and and then those of us that have that burning desire to write a story, there's a reason for it. Somebody needs to hear your story. They might not see you. They might not meet you, but they can. They they might be able to read it. Yeah, and that's really the the important part. And, and we need to take the time to write it down. Because if God's laid something on your heart, it is designed for somebody else to hear. God doesn't waste any of our experiences. He always is looking for us to share. And in the workplace, we need, and that's part of what we talk about, and I work for him every day. Your workplace is your mission field. It is your ministry. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. And if you've got something laid on your heart, if God's done something miraculous, nobody knows your story. You might just be a nice person now because Jesus has done a miraculous redemption, restoration, and renewal, which Eli said today, we're in the redemption restoration and renewal business yep. people need to hear that story because we got stories and when we come back we'll have like 30 seconds and we'll let eli tell you where christ rescued him from to where he is today hey i want before i go out to the break i want to thank 
uh, Red Rock leadership, they started doing these take the lead moments about a week ago. Jeff Ruby been putting out just some points for just 30 seconds on, hey, here's something you could grab today and use it to take the lead in your business. But understand as we take the lead, you decide you're going to be in business. It means you're planning on being the chief servant in your business. That's what it's all about. We serve the people that work for us. That's how we get the ability to get accomplished what God has called us to do. And Red Rock Leadership is helping us do that each and every day. All right, you're listening to I Work For Him. And today we're talking with Eli Gonzalez, the yeah, ghost writer. Eli Gonzalez, the ghost writer. <laughs> I just know I'm going to get complaints from my mother if I don't say it out nice. Eli Gonzalez, ghost writer. Can you say that with the English accent? I can't. No, probably the not. The ghost writer? No. Is that, how was that? Was that pretty Eli good? Eli Gonzalez, the ghost writer. <laughs> but talk about your story. Tell me your story. You got a minute. Well, very quickly, you know, I grew up uh, in, in a Christian home. My parents were, uh, were, uh, were, were, were pastors. And, uh, you know, right about the time that uh, I got older, I went to the Marine Corps, started acting a fool, and just, just lost my way. And, and, uh, and I was in situations that, that, that I just thank God I'm still here today. You know, I was in a situation where, where a drug deal went bad. And, uh, and, and my best friend uh, uh, died right in front of me. I, I was in another situation where, where a rival gang uh, entered the party house that we were in, and, and uh, we, we were blocked out from running down the stairs. We were in the second floor. And, uh, and we, we, we went to a room, and I was holding it shut with another girl, and, and they shot through the door. And, and one of the bullets missed my neck by about half an inch. Uh, two bullets hit the girl that was, I was, that was there with us. And, uh, and, and, and even more stuff, Jim. You know, I, I've been to jail, you know, I, I, I've been to the ugly um, and and but my mom, that prayer warrior of a mother that I have never stopped praying for me. And uh, and, and it got to the point where, where God just said, Eli, buddy, I got something for you. And he just 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 snatched me back up. And and I'm just so, so proud um, uh, of my mother and, and happy uh, uh, that, that she took the, the the fight to the devil for me. She was faithful. Eli Gonzalez, the ghostwriter, right here on I Work For Him. Thank you, Eli. Thank you. All right, as we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, thanks for tuning in today. If you've been inspired, I just check out Eli, theghostpublishing.com. Thanks to Ace Andrews. He did a great job today. Keep, even had sound effects today and even a mocking copy of my voice. Hey, I want you to go out to our website, iworkforhim.com, and just take notice of our sponsors. These people keep the show on the air every day. I'm grateful for them. I want you to be grateful too. Let them know how grateful you are by doing business with them. And when you go on iworkforhim.com, consider joining the I Work For Him Nation because if we're going to change this city for Christ, we got to start praying for the people we work with. We learned today that our faith can impact not only our workplace, but the history, our ongoing history, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, maybe even your great-great-grandchildren, if you'll just write it down. Our children need to hear our story. Maybe they don't need to hear it at six. Maybe you need to filter it. But our children at 16, they need to hear the truth. They need to know the life that you lived before Christ rescued you. They need to know the truth. And you need to write it down, and Eli helps you do that. But I'm telling you, whether you write a book or whether you're just going to write a paragraph, people need to hear your story. People need to hear how Jesus Christ transformed your life and called you into the ministry in your workplace. Each and every day, we got an opportunity to go to work 
Is it your mission field? Are you looking at it like that? You've been listening to Higher Work Friend with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him. Yeah.